Welcome to another inspirational podcast at Real Life Church. For more great content and updates, visit reallifechurchkc.com. Welcome to Real Life Church. Go ahead and get on your feet, whether you're with us here at Kentucky Trail or you are joining us online. We are so pumped just to worship God big with you today. I can't count the times I've called your name some broken night. And you showed up and patched me up like you do every time I get in. I forget that you keep coming around There ain't no way you'll ever let me down Good God Almighty I hope you'll find me Praising your name no matter what comes Cause I know where I'd be Without your mercy So I keep praying Celebrating our God who provides. Honey in the rock, water in the stone, manna on the ground, no matter where I go. And I don't need to worry now that I know. Everything I need you've got. There's honey in the rock, 
Today is something very special. We are doing a child dedication Sunday, and uh, you guys can be seated just for a moment here. And uh, we get an opportunity 
to really dedicate these families, uh, these parents and these children back to God. Our children are inheritance from the Lord. Uh, God has given us our kids and one of the greatest things that God can do in our life is that we can steward our children. And so today we get the blessing of um, really honoring these families, encouraging these families, getting behind these families, uh, loving on these families. And uh, you find this in the Bible where Hannah gives back Samuel to God as a gift from God. But I also find this, it's more than just a, a parent and a child, it's, it's a whole family to Jesus. And so you find this in Joshua and it's so powerful. It's found in Joshua 24. It says this, it says, now fear the Lord and serve him with all faithfulness. You fear God, serve God with everything in your being. You put Jesus at the center of your family. It says this, throw away the gods your ancestors worshiped beyond the Euphrates River in Egypt. You're gonna throw away all the, all the gods of the earth, all the gods that are around, all the things we worship besides Jesus. And he says, and serve the Lord. Serve the one true God. Serve the God above all gods, the name of all names. Put Jesus at the center of your family and let Jesus change the culture of your heart and, your, and transform your children. But he says this in verse 15, but if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, then what? Help me out. Then, then choose. Choose for yourself this day whom you will serve, whether the gods your ancestors served beyond the Euphrates or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you are living. Are you going to serve the God of this culture? The gods around you, the gods of all the things are going to serve the one true living God. But Joshua says this, but as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. Amen. And today, uh, these families coming up, but they have chosen. Uh, they've made the decision that we're going to put Jesus right in the center of our relationships. We want these to be God's children. I'm going to raise them my family, but these are God's. And our goal is that we world changes for Jesus, their hearts be transformed by Jesus, they know Jesus, and that we model for them what it is to be what it is to be following Jesus in our lives. So that's our calling as a dad and a mom, as families, and us as a church. Amen? And so they, they, they have made that decision. And this is the response of the people that Joshua was talking to. He says, then the people answered, far be it from us to forsake the Lord, to serve other gods. And I love this verse 17. It was the Lord. It was the Lord, our God himself, who brought us and our parents out of Egypt from the land of slavery and performed the great signs before our eyes. He protected us in our entire journey. And among all the nations through which we traveled and the Lord drove out before us all the nations, including the Amorites who lived in the lands. And we too will serve the Lord because he is our God. I love this. It was the Lord. And that's the story you're going to hear of these families. It was the Lord that rescued these parents. It was the Lord that protected their families. It was the Lord that brought them to this moment. It was the Lord that changed them and transformed them. It was the Lord that brought people into their path to, for this very moment that they could say, you know what, Jesus is the center of our family. So this isn't something that we just go through the motion on. Uh, this is something we believe deeply in. And you got a chance to hear their stories and what God's done in their family. And this is really a testimony that it was the Lord. So I'm gonna have Holly come up and she's gonna share uh, their stories. And I want you guys just to give praise to God for what they're doing as they come up here on the stage. Let them know we're behind them and love them. Amen. Love it. Come on, give it up. There we go. All right, first up, we have the Wilson family. If you wanna make your way up to the stage. They come. All right, well, they are dedicating Lane Jagger Wilson. He was born July 3rd, 2022. These are his parents, Gavin and Mary Wilson. When asked what specifically led you to dedicate your child, they said Gavin and Mary grew up in believing in God, but not dedicated to a church. And they want Lane to love and live with God. 
Lane is their first child, and they want him to know God. We asked what was significant about Lane's name. Lane's name came from Lane Frost, the bull rider. Jagger was a unique name both Mary and Gavin loved from the early stages of pregnancy. What is something unique about Lane? Lane has the biggest smile. He is so happy all of the time. His little giggles are so infectious. We also asked what are a few things that we can be praying specifically for you and your child. They asked for prayers for health, for happiness, and for financial wisdom as Lane grows. Let's give it up for Lane one more time. All right, next we have the Burt family. If you guys wanna make your way up to the stage. They are dedicating Jameson and Javen. First, we've got Jameson Keith Burt. He was born January 19th, 2017. And these are his parents, John and Jenny Burt. When asked specifically what led them to dedicate their boys, they said, we want to introduce Jesus in our children's life at a young age so that they might grow a great bond with our Lord and Savior. Something significant um, about James Jameson's name, they said, we just liked it. it. Sounded good. I love that. Pick one out of the baby book. Um, but what's something unique about Jameson? He's a bit corny and has a little bit of a rough side, but he's really passionate about God and Jesus. And then we have Javen Michael Burt, born September 26, 2019. Um, same for Javen's name. They just loved the name, decided to choose that one. But something unique about him is that he is our wild child ball of energy, and we would love to convert his energy into a love for our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. A few specific things we can be praying for them and their boys is for health, for safety, and a passion for the Lord as they grow. Let's give it up for the Burt family. He's clapping for himself. I love it. Next, we have the Hostick family. Here they come. Today, they're dedicating Connor Reed Hosick, Haley Lucille Hosick, and Lila Jane Hosick. First up, we've got Connor. He was born June 9th, 2013. These are his parents, Eddie and Mindy Hosick. What specifically led them to dedicate their kiddos today? It says, we've been a part of real life for almost a year now, and our lives have never been better. We want our kids to see how important their faith is, how amazing their God is, and we want them to see how much they are loved by our church family as well. Something significant about Connor's name, Connor means lover of wolves slash hunter, and Reed means red-haired. So that's a strong, that's a strong name. <laughs> Something unique about Connor, Connor's a very emotional and empathetic kiddo. He is quick to act when it comes to helping. Then we have Haley Lucille Hosick. She was born April 14th, 2014. Something significant about Haley's name, it means meadow. And her middle name, Lucille, is a combination of her great-grandma's names. Something unique about Haley, Haley is a very determined little lady, and she is the one to look out for the kids who are outsiders and make sure that they feel like they are accepted and included. And lastly, we've got Lila Jane Hosick. She was born November 14th, 2017. Uh, Lila's, uh, something significant about the name Lila, Lila means night, and Jane means God is gracious. It's also her deceased great-grandma's middle name. Something unique about Lila, Lila is such a wild spirit. She loves to dance to the beat of her own drum. She also already knows she loves her God. She's always the first to volunteer to pray. 
a few specific things they ask to be prayed for over them and their kiddos. They want them to have a spiritual hunger, a sense of an intimate belonging, and for their deepest struggles to be redeemed. They also want them just to have a compassionate worldview as they grow. Let's give it up for all of these families that chose to dedicate their kiddos today. Yeah, this is a very significant moment. And I know um, you guys have gone through so much, that God has done so much in your life to get here, uh, what the Lord has done, right? And it's amazing to see the story that God's writing in each of you. And today uh, we get to take a special time of prayer uh, that we're just not behind you, but for you. And uh, this is your family as well. And so what we want to do is invite you guys to stand as a church, uh, get on your feet. We're going to basically worship a song over them, but we're going to pray over them. And this is a little different. Uh, some people kind of feel weird about it. Um, but this is our time as a church to say we're behind you. And we sing the song called The Blessing, and it's, it's really about praying something special in somebody else's life. And the song is so applicable to the generations that are in front of us. And so all I want to do as a church is for you guys to actively engage in this song. Uh, to see their, their stories, maybe you don't know them, but if you know them, you know some of their struggles and stories. And, and they've taken ground from Satan to get to this point. And their struggles that people have, you don't know that exist. And so to, for us, the church is to put our hands up and look at these people and just say, God, use them, play a blessing on them. And this is just a moment for you guys to participate in this. And so I would encourage you not to just sit back, but to, to really pray and imagine what God can do in this family. And this is significant for the future of their kids just change the course of the generations. And so Bell says you raise a child in the way he should go as a part once he gets older, once apart from it. And this is a good moment for them to say, you know what, as for my house, we're following the Lord. And so uh, let's get behind that. Let's love on them. Can you give it one more time as Diane starts this song off? Come on. So we sing the song, The Blessing, during our child dedication moments because these words come right out of a passage in Numbers when God was setting up the temple and how they worshiped. And he promised the priests in the temple that if you pray these words over the people every time they leave the worship, I will be with them. And so that's our prayer today as a church is that not only we want, you know, these parents dedicated, we want our church to be dedicated to helping these little ones grow up and God help these families do all that we can. But then also we want the blessings of God. He promises to say that if I am going to be having these words over these people, then that blessing will come to their life. So I'd like to invite you, you can lift up your hands to pray over them and just take this moment of really when you're saying these words of this song today, pray this as a prayer over these families today. So I'd like to invite you guys to sing Thank you. 
Well, the Bible says, unless the Lord builds a house, the laborers labor in vain. So we're praying, man, God is in this, God is for you. And just trust in the Lord. Let him take you all the steps away. And our church is behind you, amen. Love you guys. So give it up one more time for our families today. Come on. Cool. Man, I don't know if it gets much better than that, just to come together and just pray over these awesome young families and just see their boldness of faith and just knowing that that story for these awesome kids on stage is starting now. And I also love the flip side of that, the challenge that we have to say that we're gonna stand behind them and we are going to push them forward in their faith. And so, I don't know, man, I think someone needs to get excited for what God's gonna do in these families today. Let's give it up big for God today, man. Awesome. Guys, I am honored. We at Real Life Church are just honored that you're here today. I want to take a quick moment to recognize a group of people also here with us today that are called Real Life Church Online. And I would just love if we could just take a quick second for them to hear you and welcome them this morning. Let's give it up for Real Life Church Online and welcome them. Love having you guys here with us. Hey, everyone here at KT, so pumped you're here. Will you look around? Will you find someone, maybe someone you don't even know, and greet someone? Make the people in your section feel welcome. Make a connection and then have a seat. Awesome. Well, while they're making that connection, I want to take a moment and welcome any and everyone who's brand new to Real Life Church this morning. I want to say welcome home. We believe you're here on purpose and for a purpose, and we are just honored to have you as our special guest this weekend. I'd love to give you some action steps to take right now. One of the things you could do is get your phone out. You could text RL New to 97000. There's also a QR code on the seat back in front of you. Open up your camera app, scan that, and you could take care of that as well. And fill out our digital communication card. And that's just a chance for you to find out some answers you might have about real life church or some questions, I should say. Answers to questions would be a better way of saying that about real life church. And we just want to just get to know you, hear your story, and find out how can we be praying for you this week. Maybe this isn't your first Sunday, but maybe you've never taken a moment to visit our new here booth. And I just want to invite you to go ahead and do that this morning. If you haven't, we would love to hear your story face to face, put a name to a face. And we do have a small gift for you, just as our way of, again, of saying thank you so much for spending part of your weekend with us at Real Life Church. Well, guys, the reason that we even exist, the reason that all this gets set up and tore down every week, the reason that we, we put on the event every Sunday is simple. Souls matter to God. That's 100% what this is all about. And we have a mission that basically sums that up. We exist here at Real Life to see people far from God discover their real life and purpose in Jesus. And that's what it's all about. That's what makes all of the work, the effort, the time worth it. It's not just about an empty number. It's about the soul that's connected to that number. The soul that sits in every one of these chairs. God is for you today. And I just want to take a moment and say thanks and give a shout out to everybody that's just been inviting out people over these last several weeks. Man, God is honoring that and souls are being changed. Lives are being changed right here because of 
you and your faithfulness. So let's just keep moving that mission forward each and every week at Real Life Church. Well, guys, we've been on this awesome series, this awesome kick these last several weeks about relationships, really just diving into that idea that relationships are so much deeper than the snapshot we post on social media, right? It's so much deeper than that. A relationship that's built on the foundation of God, when the Lord is in it, that's the relationship that's going to last. And so what I want to do today is I want to mix things up a little bit. I want to invite Pastor Sean and Diane to come up to the stage for a special Q&A session. And uh, let's just say we're going to put the real in real life this morning. Does that sound good to you? So yeah, you guys were challenged to uh, put in some questions. We're going to dive in. We're going to put them on the hot seat today. And we're going to find out just some real practical tips from, from a couple who's been in the game for a while. They've got some wisdom to share with us today. So will you welcome Pastor Sean and Diane as we get into this real life Q&A? Come on, make them feel welcome. You guys nervous? I'm not nervous at all. <laughs> I shoot with this hand. Yeah, I shoot with this hand. Love it. Awesome. Well, man, we just appreciate your guys' heart for being on the hot seat today. I, uh, I could imagine that it could be uh, a little bit uncomfortable, just a little bit nerve-wracking. Yeah, way to go, man. Thanks, Lane. Uh, <laughs> I can imagine, uh, you know, spilling the tea, as the kids say, about your long relationship could be a little bit nerve-wracking maybe, you know. Uh, I know that some questions came in this week, and... Uh, Man, I bet you probably know more than anybody else when you open up the floor to uh, just general questions that uh, you, you never know what you're going to get, right? That's the truth. I love it. So I'm excited to dive in. But before we do that, just a little bit, uh, if you don't know, a little bit about their story. So Sean and Diane, um, kind of kind of the typical high school sweethearts minus the sweetheart. They were uh, friends, kind of ran in the same friend group um, back in Raytown, not Raymore, Raytown. So the other side of the tracks, keep it real. Do you want to represent anybody or? Give a shout out. I'm sorry, no. <laughs> <laughs> shout out, Raytown. Um, Holler. Oh, there you go. That's awesome. They, uh, they've got three little ones at home, just uh, three uh, bundles of joy, just absolute blessings. And what's really cool before that, they were called early on in their marriage to foster. You guys were called to foster some, uh, some young adults, and uh, they actually have an adopted 28-year-old granddaughter. So you guys don't look a day over 30. Just da daughter, but close. What's that? Daughter. What did I say? Uh, granddaughter. Gra well, she's grand. She's really, she's real swell. You. She's a neat gal, and that's I what am. I Oh, Grandpa. She's a goddaughter. <laughs> we'll get into that in a minute. <laughs> Goddaughter, my apologies. Um, but it's really cool. And, and really, and I, I think you guys probably, if you've been here with us any length of time, know they have a heart for people. They have a heart to uh, not only launch this church, reach the community, uh, just new churches, reach new people, right? They had a heart just to settle here in Raymore and, uh, and just bless this community. And uh, what's really cool is beyond that is they have a heart for marriages and relationships. And uh, these guys have just counseled so many people. Their fingerprints are on so many uh, just general relationship stories in this room and the next gathering and beyond. They've touched so many people uh, with just their wisdom. They've lived it. That's what's really cool. We're going to find out today. You know, they've been in the trenches. So they've got a, that passion about healthy marriages. So like I said before, we've been building up some questions here. And uh, my, my first question, are you guys ready? 
I don't know. Yep. Let's do it. Oh, I promise. I promise. We're going we're gonna to take it easy on you. We're going to get real, but it's not going to be crazy. All right. This first question's to the both of you. All right. So this is an all skate for you guys. And it says this. <laughs> I like my Sean-isms there. All skate. I learned from watching you, Dad. <laughs> Sorry. All right. So this is for Sean and Diane. It says, you guys have been married for 15 years. I want you to go all the way back before you said I do, back when you were dating. What were some keys that you learned or had in place to set your marriage up for that happily ever after success that made a big difference for a lasting marriage today? Um, we got to remember I, that time, huh? Yeah. That was, that was <laughs> distant memory. Um, no. <laughs> that I hurts. Yeah. Sean drew surely the comic relief of today, not me. It's okay. Um, <laughs> but I can say for me, I think there's a few things. Like one is that we got to be friends first, and I know not everybody has that ability or the timing of the relationship, but that was really important for us once you, like, add the romance into it. Like we were already friends. We already knew each other. We already knew how to communicate in some ways. We already were connected as friends. <laughs> we'll talk more about communication later. Um, but the second one I think is really key is that at that time in our life, when we did like start dating, we were, you know, later into college, not in high school, but we were both pursuing God on our own. Um, we both had felt like we were called to do something big for God. And it wasn't like, Oh, let me wait around to see what Sean thinks or what Sean's going to do. Or, you know, I wasn't building my future with God on him. I was building my future with God on God and whatever God called me to do. There's actually a really funny story when Sean was going to propose to me and I didn't know it yet. I had accepted a job in Chicago. We were long distance for a long time and I was like, cool, well, peace, you know where I'll be, like if you need to catch up or whatever. But I was just like carrying on with what God was calling me to do until that time when like our lives merged together. Um, so yeah, it was just kind of funny. I think. And the Lord had different plans. Yeah. And then ultimately what brought us together is realizing that to be on mission together, like I could look at Sean and his passion for God and look to say like, I know that God can do more through us together than he can do with us separately. And so that underlying unity made it so that we could come together and serve God. So way back when dating, um, yeah, talking about keys, things that we learned. And I, I would say, first of all, we, didn't, we weren't perfect. Um, we, don't, we, don't, we didn't have Aren't. all the keys. Um, yeah, we learned, right? So some things we learned, some things uh, we just kind of had going for us. Um, one of the things that worked out, uh, we dated long distance for, man, three, three and a half years, uh, pretty much. Yeah, a little longer than three and a half years. And so it kept us out of a lot of trouble. Come on, somebody. Um, that's, that's the blessing of being 600 miles away, right? Um, and this is back when you had a cell phone, but you had to be in the right spot in the dorm, you know, to even get signal. I was pressed against the back you know, door for four years, you know. Um, but the reality is there's certain things that were really blessing for us. Um, one is we got to know each other outside of physically, which I think a lot of relationships kind of get stale. Like they just get stuck right there. Um, they start doing stuff outside of where really, um, it's like fire, you know, it's like, it's, it's, it's awesome when it's in the right place, but super destructive when it's not. And what happens is you, you get to know somebody's body, but you don't get to know anything really else. And so you don't really get to go deeper spiritually or character or their call and passion. So we um, kind of had the blessing, had to spend a lot of time. Dino jokes around. She goes, if, if we were closer and, uh, you know, I knew you a little more at home, I probably would never marry you. <laughs> so um, that, was, that was big. I think for us, like, 
seeing her pursuit of God. I mean, I think you want to marry somebody that's passionate about God. Um, they're pursuing God on their own. And, um, and just as much, if not more than you, you're just chasing that. And uh, for me, like, I realized Diane, like, she was real serious about following God. A lot of people just talk about it, and they show up on Sundays and stuff, but they're really not fighting for it, you know. And I noticed in college, she went off, and um, she did, like, a, a nursing degree in, in three years, taking extra classes, and, and it was pretty rigorous kind of study. And she'd work as a CNA um, overnights, and it was working, I don't know, 20 hours a week or more. And so overnight, she'd work, and then go off a Saturday, like, or Sunday morning, like, 6 a.m., and she'd drive the church and she'd sleep in the parking lot so that she could get up and, and serve kids in a WANA program, an, an elementary age program, and then go to church and do it every single Sunday for years. And so for me, like, that was like ding, 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 right? Like, she, she wants something from God. She wants to pursue God. And so that was really big for me. I just kind of rang the bell, right? And I think, too, is just, um, yeah, I'd ask the question, am I marrying somebody because it helps me pursue the things of God more? Or, is there, or what is it, right? Because ultimately marriage is built around, like, we're partners together for things of Christ. And so for me, that was the foundation. I know a lot of people didn't have that or think that direction. But for us, that was really the, the key that laid out. So a lot of people, like, ask if, hey, should you live together before you're married? Uh, you know, save some money. You know, you, you, know, you can, you know, test drive the car, right? <laughs> you hear that all the time, right? And uh, I, I just feel like that's just the opposite direction that God would have for you. I don't think that's where you want to go at all. I think you want to honor God, and then as God brings you together. And then, hey, once you get married, then you can uh, learn all you want about somebody's body. Come on, somebody. Amen? That's right. Hey, there's one He's person, not wrong. One person. There's one guy excited today. <laughs> Man, that's awesome. There's so many good takeaways from that. And I neglected to mention earlier, you know, like this, this whole series, and especially today, I mean, if you're not married, if you're not in a relationship, man, take some notes today. There is so much gold in everything you guys said. And one of, one of the takeaways that I got from that that I really enjoyed is like so many people, I think, think of relationships as 50-50, but you guys really lined it up as it's really 100-100. Yeah. You know, I loved how you really dove into like, you know, this is my faith and I'm going this way. I'm pursuing God, whether he does or not. And I think it's also cool how God honored that and brought you both together. So huge takeaway, man. I hope you guys are taking some notes today. That's that's epic. All right. Well, you ready for another all skate, another both of you, before we uh, divvy out a little bit? I'm ready. All right. Let's do it. All right. This is for both of you. The next question came in goes, it starts off, being married is often challenging, especially when you're a young married couple and the honeymoon phase wears off. What was your, <laughs> maybe it doesn't, uh, what was your biggest challenge in your early years of marriage and how did you work through it? She's looking at me. <laughs> no, I'll do it. I'll do it. I'll do it. I'll do it. Um, yeah. So, man, there's a lot of challenges, right? Uh, I mean, honeymoon phase. I was thinking, like, we never left honeymoon phase. <laughs> Look at her face. Like, that was, <laughs> yeah, you're right. Yeah, that was over. So um, <laughs> that, that ended. Um, no, I, I think, honestly, like, you know, we have the typical, like, you know, we're, we fight. We, uh, you know, she can't keep her hands off of me. So I have to kind of fight her off, you know. and. Um, <laughs> y'all know I'm making stuff up now, right? Um, no, but I, I do think at the end of the day, if I look back, being young married, like once you got the honeymoon phase, you start to realize like my problem was myself. That was the problem. Uh, like I, I was, I don't know if it was like bad stuff, but it wasn't great stuff. Like it plateaued, like the relationship plateaus on me, right? And maybe she says something about herself, but like I, you get to a certain depth and like you're okay with that. Like you didn't know any different, maybe. 
And so you start realizing as problems happen, um, as, as pressure comes, right, as we have foster kids and things happen, like, wow, I've got, I've got to be, there's got to be, there's got to be more of, of, of Jesus in me. Like, I, I got to die to myself a little more. Like, and so patience and all these things, character inside myself. And I started realizing as problems would happen that, that ultimately I'm not being a, the best solution to the problems, right? Sure. And uh, so I think there's a lot, a lot to say about that direction um, of really just dying to yourself and just asking God to work through you. And learning to listen, I think, was really big. I don't know if that's a, a spiritual gift that most people are gifted with. Um, yeah. You know, so I think marriage, you start realizing, like, hey, I've got to shepherd her soul. And we're both very hard workers. We're both very independent. And I think the word that maybe comes to mind is, uh, for most guys and people in general, is just stubborn, right? Like, I realize, like, man, if I'm going to go where God's calling us to go, I've, I've got to be open to things of God more and more patient, more loving. And I was thinking about, like, Peter, right? And he goes up to this, um, really, he's with Jesus. We'll start back on that. And, and Jesus says, hey, I'm going to die. I'll be crucified and killed and raised again. And Peter's like, no, you're not. And, and Jesus tells Peter, like, get thee behind me, Satan, right? And Peter's just kind of stubborn and aloof and doesn't know what's going on. And uh, Jesus does something very special. It's just that later that week, he takes up uh, the inner circle of disciples, you know, Peter, James, uh, John, up to the Mount Transfiguration. And the voice of the, of the Father, like the glory of God is shown, right? Like there's smoke. I mean, it's crazy. And they're, they're hearing the voice. They see Elijah. They see Moses up on this mountain. And uh, they're just afraid. And they're wondering what's going on. Of course, God's voice is like, this is my son whom I love. And they don't quite get what's going on. And Jesus tells them as they make the way down the mountain, he says, hey, I'm going to raise again the third day. And the Bible says these guys are like, what? So that's like the early years of marriage, like what, right? And then G Jesus is kind of in front of them, and they're talking about something that's so interesting. They're like, who's going to be the greatest in heaven? That's the question they're talking about. So it's all the glory of God, and they're asking themselves, well, who's going to be there? Because I saw, I saw Moses, I saw Elijah, so I wonder if I'm going to be up there next year, you know? Like, I wonder if I'll be in the center of this equation. I wonder if it'd be all about me. And Jesus didn't overhear it, like, physically, but he heard it. And he goes to him and he says, what are you guys talking about? <laughs> and they're awfully quiet, right? And he looked at them and he said, hey, if you want to be first, then you'd be last. And if you want to be the greatest in the kingdom, you'd be the greatest servant. So I think early on that, that's what I learned was you need to serve 100%, 150%. It doesn't matter what somebody else does. You do what God's calling you to do and serve and, and grow. So amen? That was it. That's what I got. So. Yeah, I think bouncing off of that same idea, it is early in your marriage, it's a period of dying to yourself, you know, following what Jesus calls us to do and saying like, well, this is how I did it and this is how I grew up and this is what I think. And so just there's times of like teasing those things out of like, well, what are we going to do in those things? And it's really easy at the beginning, like full, I'm an only child. So I never had a roommate till I got married, I guess college a little bit, but you know, so it's like, how do you live and share a space and all those practical things? Or you have to die to yourself a little bit to come to that full, um, acceptance of somebody else's ways and things like that. And that hurts. Learning, you know, which which of these am I going to let go and which ones do I need to talk about? Um, but same as Sean, I think early in our marriage, I really had to take a deep dive into me and how the problems that I was causing can be detrimental to our marriage. So I've shared with lots of life groups that I've led, um, I had a pretty deep-seated struggle with insecurity, like throughout my like college and, um, you know, early marriage years that was really at a point that it was debilitating 
facilitating to some of the relationships that I was in. It was preventing me into entering into new, you know, deeper relationships with other people in my life, preventing me from really fully trusting that God had brought us together on purpose and that my job was to better me and to not say that, you know, I needed Sean to do certain things to fill that need inside of me and putting that extra pressure on him to say like, well, if he can measure up to this and if he can meet this need inside of me, I really had to die to myself and say, no, only God can meet that need in me. And if I'm looking for it in him, that's not fair. Um, he's never going to meet, you know, meet that standard of Jesus in my life. And so it was really a transformational time of that. And the insecurity from within me birthed out of me trying to do it all myself, trying to reach a certain perfection standard, trying to achieve all these things. And then when it wasn't going well, saying, well, Sean needs to, you know, feed into me and help me. And it was this, oh, I'm not good enough. I'm not good enough. But the start of that sense is always I and me and realizing that that false humility and that false way of looking at life could be a absolute killer to our relationship. And so God used those first couple of years to really transform me, um, to be able to give 100% of myself and not be, you know, relying on me or Sean to make our relationship work, but on Or God. the kids, you know, yeah, older. Yeah, anything. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Man, that's just, again, gold. Well, Diane, we'll, we'll stick with you. This is uh, straight to you, all right? It says, as a wife and leader for Christ, where do you believe most ladies struggle in their relationships slash marriages? What lessons or keys would you shares to make, share to make marriages healthy? Yeah, I think the biggest struggle, and maybe not just for ladies, but what I see when I get to talk to women about you know, relationships is communication. Um, I think so much of the struggles that I have in marriage boil down to communication, and I've identified like two main ways that I've seen this play out, and one, um, this is the one I'm guilty of, um, is under-communicating, not talking, shutting down, um, having some maybe some unspoken expectations that I'm not willing to do, or like the silent test, you know, like, well, let me see if you really paid attention to what I said, and not, you know, <laughs> being kind. Or I have met with some other women in groups over the years and had friends who it's the opposite, where there is over bearing communication. It's over, you know, nagging, complaining. I'm always communicating about all the things you're not doing. And what I learned, and there is a verse I'll share with you in a second that just slapped me in the face really well one time, um, but that neither way is healthy. Um, and the verse is this, I wrote down so I would, but it's Ephesians 4:29, which if you grew up in church, you'll say, oh, that's the verse not to cuss. That's not true. I mean, that's in there, but that's not the big part. So it says, don't use foul or abusive language, but let everything you say be good and helpful so that your words will be an encouragement to those who hear them. And I think anybody in a marriage relationship cannot have to go back too far to think about when's the time I said something that wasn't good and helpful? Um, you mean today, like this morning, <laughs> like when? And so man, filtering everything that I say and do through that lens of good and helpful folks, for somebody who is like me, who doesn't wanna speak up, who won't make my needs or you know things like that known, then I have to say the things that are good and helpful to keep our relationship together. Together. Or maybe if I fall on the other side of that line, like, I don't have to say everything that I think. Everything I think is not good and helpful to Sean in a marriage. And so it's like finding that balance of like, I want to, my, my words and my communications job is to be an encouragement to the hearer is what that verse says. So what can I say that is going to encourage him? Now, sometimes that's saying hard things. Hey, the way you said this or did this, that didn't feel good. Like, and that's okay. And that is healthy and should happen. But to say it in that way that it's helpful and an encouragement to him to be able to grow and change 
That's really it. So the keys on that is that filter, good and helpful. You can tattoo that on your arm or whatever you want to do later after the gathering. Um, not letting the sun go down on your anger. And another verse I thought of, and so we hear this verse that I didn't write down the reference. I think it's Proverbs 25:11. It says that like a word fitly placed is like apples of gold. I loved, I looked it up in the NLT and it said timely advice is like apples of gold. So like the car ride home after Sunday morning isn't the time to be like, you know, you kind of messed up that whole part of that message. <laughs> That's not it for our marriage. The car ride home on Sunday is like, babe, that was a killer message. You nailed it. It was awesome. People were like coming to Jesus left and right. Like that's that moment. If there's something that really go, girl. needs to be addressed on Monday, we can talk about that then. But my job is to be a good and helpful encouragement to him. So those are my awesome. tidbits of keys to help. Well, as time is, is wrapping down, I do want to give you the floor with the same question from the guy's perspective. So in the interest of time, Sean, as a husband and leader for Christ, where do you believe most men struggle and what keys do you have? Yeah. So I saw a figure I'm getting the opposite question of Diane. <laughs> um, apples are golden, frames of silver. So, um, yeah, I, I think for, for men, it's, um, I don't know, I, I don't want to say EQ, but like, Which stands for? Yeah, I'm, I'm getting there, Drew. Oh, I'm Come sorry. on, man. <laughs> Good job, Drew. I love you. You're the sorry. best. You're the man. Teacher. I'm be helpful. <laughs> um, no, like just um, expressing your emotions in like a helpful way, um, and then recognizing where somebody else is at emotionally, or just recognizing where they're at at all. Um, one of the greatest things you do as a leader is you observe, mm. right? And for a husband, for a spouse, you know, or for a parent, you, you observe your kids. Right, you watch any good coaches watching their team, and um, part of it is just how to express what's on your heart, <coughs> or what God's saying to you, or like your own failure, uh, in a helpful way. Uh, most guys are like that can of soda, and they just hold everything in, and then just like boom, it explodes, and it's very difficult for guys to to express themselves. And so I think for for men, I think the first thing is to um, to to have something inside of you that's given by God, that's beyond what your ability is right now. Like, it has to be supernatural. And I don't want to say, it, it's like the wound of a father, right? Um, it's it, it just some things you were never shown or you didn't see or didn't happen to you. There's seeds that are planted that grew bad things. Uh, there are seeds that were never planted that aren't there. And uh, we can sit there and be upset or blame or make excuses. Or we can say, okay, I'm going to replace my understanding of how I do life by my heavenly father and not just by my earthly father. And that, that, that's huge. That's foundational. Like, if you're going to give something to somebody, you have to have it first. And so doing that hard work as a man on the inside and say, hey, I'm loved, and so I can love. That's big. Uh, most guys, they will never say it. They don't, they'll, they'll feel, they feel abandoned. They feel hurt, feel let, let down. They don't measure up. I'm not good enough. They're fighting to prove themselves. And all you got to do is look up to a Heavenly Father and say, okay, yes, Jesus, yes, God, you've done it all for me. And now I am free. I am I'm confident. I am bold. I'm where God calls me to be. I can give that away to my spouse. But if you don't have that, you can't give it and it will become destructive. So I see that quite often, right? I can forgive because Christ forgave me. Uh, I still choose you, but you make a mistake because Christ chose me. And, and that is foundational. And that is kind of like coming to end of yourself is like the beginning of coming to God, right? And your relationship is going to show all those cracks. And you may have thought you had it together. You might not even recognize that was a problem, right? That, that, that wound has been there. And so that's one of it. And I think another thing that guys really struggle with husbands is being a spiritual leader in the home. 
Um, see a lot of moms and, and women really just bringing their families to church, you know, uh, lead the way spiritually. And I'm like, God bless the women, right? Come on, right? But as men, like, we're, we're called to be that for our family. Uh, we're called to be the spiritual leaders. So we got to get up and, hey, come on, guys, let's follow Christ and um, be a model of prayer, right? Uh, don't expect anybody else to be any better or healthier than you are as a man. And so you just say, hey, I want my family full of prayer. I'm going to be full of prayer. I want, I want to be family of the word of God. I'm in the word of God. I want my family to forgive. I forgive. I want my family to do this. I do that. And so you change your culture and you change your family's culture. And it's really fun to watch as God gets a hold of men and, and changes their hearts, how the whole family starts to change because what God's doing to them. So. Dude, thank you guys for your wisdom on those. That was really cool to hear both your perspectives. Well, this is the last question, and this is, again, back to the all skate. This is for both of you, the very last one. You guys are about 15 years into marriage, right? So if, <laughs> I love how this is worded. It says, if you are to make it another 15 if. years, <laughs> let's change that to when, people. When you make it another 15 years, and beyond. Uh, how do you plan to keep your relationship fresh? I mean, wh where do you go from here? We've kind of talked about how you've done it in the past, but, like, where does this next chapter go? Um, how do you keep a candle burning and not just coexist, float, or grow apart? Um, I can say the first thing would be to keep it real. So real intimacy, real relationships come out of vulnerability. And so being able to, you know, bear myself and my dreams and my desires and all those things to Sean is going to help us to move forward as we continue to grow um, in each other. The second one um, is to keep laughing. Um, I think our, if there was something besides God our relationship would be founded on, it'd probably be humor. And there is a just a lot of moments where you get to have like a full-on belly laugh. And that is something that really what it teaches you is not to take yourself too seriously. Um, to have a short memory of your failures, to be able to laugh when things don't go the way you thought they were going to, and to say, you know what, well, that tomorrow is another day. <laughs> we get to move forward from that, yeah, thing um, that just didn't go the way it was. But that being, you know, quick to be a solution, quick to offer help, laughing through that, um, and then keep dreaming. I think is something that's really big if you're talking about the freshness of your relationship. Like I think in. God's word, it always says that God is, he's doing a new thing. He's making a new song. He's, and I think inside of our relationships, we get to model God in that way. And God will give us new things or that, you know, that we hadn't thought of, or maybe he's speaking something to him that we can champion and celebrate together. And so when you let each other enter into your dreams in that way, and those God given dreams and things he's called you to, like something really cool happens that God is in it. I don't get a dream separately from Sean now. We're together. We're one flesh. And so letting, opening that up to him and letting him being able to open that up to me is just so key to keeping it fresh, keeping it real. And keep laughing. Keep laughing. Yeah. Um, yeah, Diane loves to travel. I'm not much of a traveler, but she drags me along. You know, a couple months ago, she's like, hey, when we get to Kenya, I'm like, what? <laughs> when are we going to Kenya again? <laughs> you know, uh, just it's on her heart. It's on my heart, you know. Um, I think, I like the question though, like if at some level, um, because you're not really guaranteed 15 years, you know, and, and by God's grace, like I see a lot of guys just get, become about themselves. They just make it about them. So selfish just to get, I'm over it. And they, they walk away and somebody's not willing to do this. And I see a lot of ministry couples. Uh, I think we saw a stat the other day and said it was like 40% of marriages like her falling apart in the ministry. Uh, I mean, just. There's just so many traps, you know. There's so many quicksands for everybody. And so I like the word if. And then at the end of the day, I, I, I always try to keep in perspective that my time is a gift, right? And so, like, I might not be here tomorrow, 
you know? I mean, so like, even if it ends like, okay, death to us part, right? And so I'm looking at my kids going, Dad, Dad, give it all today, you know? Because if I'm not there, because I'm not guaranteed of anything. And so I, I just kind of try to keep that like number of days perspective, especially in your marriage, like not going to bed um, upset, right? Don't the sun go down your wrath. And not to, um, if you don't say something, then you chose to forgive it, in my opinion. If you're going to go to bed on, on be bitter, then you have to you have to forgive and move on. That's that's a choice you make. And so just like starting the clean slate every day, I think really helps. You know, what, what's it matter to you? Is it worth it? Uh, I also think about like, are you willing to lose all this? You know, so like if I'm going to do something dumb or start pursuing a direction or look at something or just not care, did you did you weigh that out in your mind before you started that? So I just start moving away from things that are. <coughs> destructive to my life so I'm not going to find habits or hobbies that take me away from her all the time so I don't have a guy's night like I love y'all you know I just it's not me so I, my time's super valuable so I'm gonna spend my family night you know so we do family movie night and we do all the stuff and I, I just kind of spoil the kids too you know and um but I also think at the end of the day like if you're gonna make it the 15 years and where God's gonna call you to go the question is what for me like how do you keep it fresh I think the question would be how do you keep it fruitful you know, like fr fresh kind of goes away, you know, you get enough, you know, laps around the track, you know, you don't have all the feelings all the time, you know, of all these things, but is it fruitful, right? And we like fruitful, come on somebody, be fruitful and multiply, right? Why not? Yeah, why not both, right? <laughs> Depends. Um, but I think fruitful for like, is it fruitful for our kids? Is it, are, are we together producing the things of God? Are we together making an impact in our, in our community? Are we making an impact in our family? Are we, are we together on mission? And we're producing all things that grow. That's what fruit does. It, you plant it and it grows on its own. So are we like a sending vessel? So at the end of the day, like I'm less concerned about like a fad or a feeling. Uh, I just, you know, those are going to come and go. And you, we love all the feelings, right? And you, you do things for that. Diane talked about some stuff. You can spice it up, right? But at the end of the day, like something that sustains is fruit. And at the end of the day, we're measured by our fruit. You know, we're measuring stuff that survives a fire being burned and what the works of God were. And so at the end of the day, like, that's, that's what we're fighting for, you know, to be fruit bearers for the cause of Christ. And so I think just centering on that is way, has way more longevity than where God wants us to be than just chasing the feeling. So, Well, as we wrap up here, I just want to say to Sean and Diane, and I think you guys would echo me in this, just thank you guys for your leadership and just uh, leading this church well. Uh, I know we appreciate you guys being an open book. I can't imagine, you know, like just kind of, you know, the butterflies. But I just get to ask the questions. I just get to be the messenger, you know. But you guys I'm are so open. glad you didn't pick any crazy questions, Drew. I know. Not, I, I there were some a few people. good ones. I had to swipe a couple of them away. I, <laughs> I had to fight against myself to do that, Sean. But I, I wanted know. to keep it, you know, a little mature. Thanks for dying yourself, Drew. <laughs> this one time. No. Uh, but no, seriously, you guys, you guys lead this church well. And um, I just love knowing that when or if things get hard, like even in my own relationship, I've got you guys on speed dial. You guys model that. You guys model for us how to communicate with our spouses. You guys model for us just um, seeking him first and knowing that that's the anchor uh, that in the foundation that any relationship will be built upon. So uh, I know I appreciate it. I know I'm echoing what they're uh, thinking right now as well. And just, uh, again, just we appreciate everything you guys have done this morning. So can we give it up for Sean and Diane for just Thank you, Jesus. being real with us, man. Thank you guys. I tell you, man, one, one of the highlights today 
Um, Sean talked about it early, you know, during the dedication, you know, just really at the heart of every answer, whether it was said or not, is all of this works because the Lord was in it, right? And just this idea that as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And we got to see these families make that decision today with their kids up here, just declaring, putting that, I love this imagery, so I'm gonna, I've been saying it all morning, I'm gonna keep saying it, putting that stake in the ground, right? Do you remember that? Putting that stake in the ground for your family and just saying, you know, we might've been doing other things before today, but as of this moment, me and my house, we're gonna serve the Lord. My marriage, our marriage, we're gonna serve the Lord together. We're gonna be on mission together. And I just, man, I know there's so many stories in this room and there's so many seasons that people are going through. And we've spent a lot of time on marriages and all that good stuff. But man, I, I'm telling you, there's something for you. It, it, whatever season you're in, you might be young and, and, and you know, never married and, and that's way off in the future. The smartest thing you'll do, you'll never regret taking notes now. You'll never regret coming up with a game plan now. You'll never regret looking back that you decided to get your relationship rock solid with the God that loves you in heaven and be confident in yourself before you're ready to pour out into someone else. You'll never regret that. Man, I, I hope you hear that today. And there's, there's other people too. There's people that they're walking through a season of, of singleness and they didn't want to do it. You know what I mean? I'm, gosh, I'm sorry. I'm, a, I'm saying that I don't mean to bubble up here, but they're, they're walking through a season that they never thought they'd be in. And it's not fair, right? It just, it feels that way. And God, I hope that you're just, you're taking notes and, and you're just, you know, taking a season to heal and just getting ready for what God has next. Can I just say to you, God's not done with that story yet. It's not done. God's got something for you. You're not broken. You're not, what's in the past is in the past, man. God has got something for you today. And I just want you to know that just like, we lifted up these families. We lift you up today. We're behind you. We're for you. God's got something for you. I don't. I can't tell you how long the season lasts or, or anything like that, but man, you don't have to be a, a perfect, picturesque, godly marriage to be loved by God. I hope you leave here knowing that today. Man, I just, I, I want to just take a moment and I want every eye and every eye to close, every head bowed and we're just going to go before God today and, and, and just, I just want to lift you guys up, everyone in this room. I just want to say, Father God, thank you for this morning and thank you for, again, just for Sean and Diane just opening up and, and, and God, just how much you've blessed their marriage and that you've just empowered them to be an open book. You've, you've put relationships, you've put people's hearts, you've put people's souls on their hearts and you brought them together, God. And it, and all those years ago, that, that decision to launch a new church, to take that step of faith has led to this moment where so many souls, mine included, Holly's included, we just, you led us here. And God, you're, you're refining us in the fire. You're growing us in this season, God. And just, just can't wait to see what happens next as we just, continue to reach this community, but we also know that 
as we're reaching out, we have to reach in. And God, just thank you for the challenge today, for the wisdom, and just help us not to just say, oh man, that was cute, that was, that was cool to, to hear their story and all that stuff. Help us to, to find the nuggets of wisdom in there and help us to do something about it, God. That's the hardest step. It's so easy to nod and just be like, yeah, man, that's a good word, Sean. Yeah, man, Diane, that was, that was so, so smart. And I, it's so hard to do it, God. So I pray you'll give us the courage today, that you'll give us the boldness to do that, God. There's, there's relationships in this room. There's relationships online that are rocky, that things haven't, communication hasn't been strong. We talked about that stubbornness that eats us up as guys. We don't show our emotions. We don't communicate. And, and, and we've been, there's people that have been battling that. God, I pray you will soften hearts today. I pray that you will just be able to let us look at our spouse, look at our partner, and open up in a way that we haven't before or that we haven't in a really long time. God, I lift up anyone in this room for any reason that's walking through a season of singleness because of their youth, because of reasons beyond their control. God, pour into them. Let them feel your presence this morning and this week. They're not alone. They're loved by you. Strengthen them. Refine them in this season. We just pray whatever their next step in the journey is, God, that they'll be so in tune with you that it doesn't matter because they're who they are, their fullness, their oneness is found in you, God. God, we just, we pray for broken hearts this morning and we pray for broken families and we just, we pray for miracles. We pray for change. Really at the end of it, God, we pray that your will be done. And we pray that we'll have the strength to just remember that everything that's happened it's because you, God, you were in it. You were there. So if you're here, keeping your eyes closed, your head bowed, if, if you're ready to, to put that stake in the ground today and say, I'm ready to have that conversation. I'm ready to open up the lines of communication. Things have been tough, but I'm ready to get back on the right track. I'm ready to get myself right with God as I prepare my heart for this next relationship, this next season, as I strengthen my marriage, as I commit to, to walking and leading with my walking with and leading my family in this season, God. I just pray that everyone in this room who wants to do that, that you'll just raise your hand and just boldly declare, we're not looking at you. No one's gonna see you, but God, we're proud of you. God, I just pray over these families, Lord, these people, and, and that you will just be with that. And, and the next thing I wanna get to though is maybe before you do any of this stuff we've been talking about, maybe you don't have that relationship with Jesus yet. Maybe you've heard the story, you have some kind of concept of, of, of who he is and, and, and what he's done, but you're not there yet. Can I just say that, like the words of that song, he is for you today. He loves you and he wants a relationship with you. He sent his son Jesus to die on the cross and to rise again. He conquered death so we don't have to so we can be with him forever. And, and if it's time for you before any of this other stuff, just to, to put that stake in the ground and say, you know, I'm not leaving this room 
the way that I came in. I'm not leaving this room apart from you any longer, God. If you're ready to do that, I just want you to to raise your hand and just let them know that you're ready to do that today. Again, every eye is closed, every head's bowed. I want you to pray a prayer with me if that's you now online or here in the room. And, and it's not the prayer that saves you. It's just, it's just that next step forward. But I want you to, to pray with me and just say, dear Jesus, I'm sorry. I'm sorry it took me so long to get here. I'm sorry for my sin. Forgive me of my sin. I repent of everything that, that I've done that's led up to now, God. And I leave that in the past. And I knowingly walk towards you and into your open arms. I know you love me, God. I know you sent your son, Jesus. I know he died for me. He rose again. And I know that I'll live with him someday. I give my life to you. If I'm married, I give my marriage to you. If I have kids, I give my kids to you, my family. Just the old me's done. It hasn't gotten me very far. I'm ready to put it all in with you, God. And I'm ready to leave here changed. I love you, God. And I just thank you for your forgiveness. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, guys. Well, let's give it up big for anybody who made that decision today. Let's welcome him into the fold. Awesome. Man, if that's you today, and today's the day you chose God first because he's pursuing you, can we let you know that we're all in for you? It's the reason that we show up here every week because we're looking for people that are making decisions because we know God's pursuing people. So if that's you today, I've got a couple great next steps. First one is let us know about your decision by texting RLNEXT to 97000. What we'll do is we'll have one of our team members reach out to you over the phone. Whole job is to get you connected here, help you in any way that we can, just get you resourced. We care about you, God cares about you. Number two is if you're with us in person on your way out of the worship center, there's a red bag. Grab one of those, inside there's a Bible. What a great way, what a great next step just to get started off on the right foot. We want you to have that. There's some other great resources. Uh, resources in there. So grab those on your way out. Again, we are so excited for you. I love how Pastor Sean and Diane talked about choosing today to serve the Lord, putting God first, whether that's in your marriage, your kids, your relationships, uh, marriages, just anything and everything. So for you guys, I've got a couple great next steps for you as well. Maybe God's put something on your heart today. Maybe you've been looking for a church and maybe real life's the one and you want to know a little more about it. So I want you to know there's a special opportunity this afternoon. we got a special course called Crash Course. We'd love to have you come out. You can get signed up today. It's from 2 to 4.30 right here at our Hope Center in Belton. We'll help you lead through the path of knowing God, finding freedom, discovering purpose, and knowing that you can make a difference. And what that looks like here may be at real life. So come check us out. We'd love to have you sign up. You won't be alone. It'll be a great time. Come hang out with us. Number two is this. If you've committed your life... To Christ, since the last time we did baptism, we are going to have a very special Easter Sunday on April the 9th. We would love for you to be a part of it. Baptism is the next step if you've given your uh, your life to Christ. And it's simply just telling the world that, that we're dead to sin, we're alive to God, and we want everybody to know it. In fact, it's really, it's one of the last commandments that Jesus gave us to go out and uh, into the world and preach and teach and to baptize people in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. So we would love to have you a part of that. You can sign up online uh, for that very special Sunday. If you've never been a part of our baptisms, you are missing out. It is a party. It is exciting. We will tell your story. We will just wrap our arms around you. We would love to have you a part of that. Last is this. Last step is this. 
Choosing God means choosing God daily. It's not something we do once a week, once a month. We do it daily. And one of the great ways that we do that here is being a, uh, and downloading something called the YouVersion Bible app. If you haven't done that, do it today. Do it right now. Pull out your phone. Because on the YouVersion Bible app, you have access to so many different translations. You get a part of God's Word. But on top of that, you can go back and you can follow along either during a gathering to the sermon that Sean's bringing and you can take notes. And at the end of the notes, there's also a section called Talk It Over. It's a section that we use in staff meetings, at life groups. It's a great way to reconnect with what God's led uh, our church just to go through that following or that previous Sunday. So download that today. It's a great way just to choose daily what God's got for you to be a part of that. Can I let you guys know that your generosity makes a difference week in and week out? And you guys don't know all the stories of everybody that comes in or the people are on stage, but I cannot tell your generosity is what God is using to help break addictions, to help heal marriages. And you guys play a part of that. So thank you so much for being generous and being faithful to God in that way. Can I let you know that if you're new to Real Life, this isn't, uh, isn't for you. We don't want anything from you. We want something for you. But if you call Real Life Home, there's still three ways that you can connect to generosity here. And the first one is by going online at reallifechurchkc.com. Number two, you can text any amount to 84321. Or if you want to use cash or check, there's a giving box at the back of the worship center. Or you can drop it in the buckets as they pass. Lastly, as these buckets pass, as always, if you or your family find yourself in need of immediate food, clothing, or shelter, please reach in and grab any loose cash that you see and just help your uh, family in this time of need. Hey, we've got an exciting opportunity coming up this summer. It's a mission trip. Take a second and check out this video. God can do amazing things through your life this summer traveling to Columbia with Real Life. And so maybe you're thinking, what would we do there? Who are we going to reach? Who, what kind of people are we going to see? So I want you to take a minute or so and check out an awesome video that gives you just a little glimpse of what God might do in your life this summer when you go to Bogota, Colombia with us. Check it out.
What an incredible time we had, and I know God is going to do exceedingly more this year as we travel to Columbia. So there is one more chance next Sunday, immediately following the second gathering, for you to come to an information meeting to learn more about our trip to Bogota. So I want to see you there next Sunday, right after the second gathering, or come find me if you want some more information about our trip to Columbia. God's going to do amazing things through you this summer, and I can't wait to see what He's going to do. If you've never had the opportunity to see how God moves in another part of the world, can I tell you that this mission trip is for you? So if you have even this much interest level because you just want to know something about it, get connected with Diane. Check out the meeting next week. You won't be disappointed. We would love to have you part of that. Hey, uh, if you guys need prayer for any reason, we would love to have you up here. Also, be ready as uh, Diane brings a message of encouragement next week as we end our relationship series. So don't miss out that next week. And as you guys are headed out, always remember that whoever finds Jesus discovers real life and purpose. See you guys next week.